0: Oh, go times! I live proud. I'm gonna do my That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on it limits, and it must, must be, be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead it may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 323 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this New Year's Day, Friday, the 1st of January. 2021 at 2100 hours, 2119 uh, PM Pacific 921 Pacific Coast, left coast, coast for the most time, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign cheers Ivor oh. happy new year, you're fired that would of course Make it for our sequel friends, which we omitted last week. God damn it. Uh 2021-0101 2120 right now. <laughs> As of this exact moment. Uh P PDT. I think we're still on... T- I don't know. I, I get I get confused. I just always call PST PST, you know, Pacific Standard Time. But there, there's a reason why there, there's Pacific Daylight time to, anyway, it does not matter so let's get straight to our top stories, first of all, happy new year everybody, um, hopefully you had a happy and a healthy new year's eve and hopefully you will have a happy and a healthy new year ahead of us all and we will all live to see next new year the 2022nd because I think the 2021st I think that 2021 is not going to be the panacea that we all hope for. I think it's going to be more like the old anecdote of when I ran into the bar, drunk out of my mind at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I grabbed my buddy Double D, the bartender, by his lapels, and I said, Dan, I've seen the future. I got to get you some bad juice. like, what is it? It looks just like the past, only there's less of it so yeah so happy new year everybody um the day before new year's eve I had almost all of my back teeth ripped out in an emergency dental procedure so I want to send out special thanks this week to uh master splinter splinter from our discord channel who I tasked with and entrusted the passwords and instructions to because this was like actual emergency surgery like I was close to sepsis um, when you can't feel your face, can't swallow anymore, from a two, uh, one of my molars had rotten through. And by the way, I don't know if free, if uh, free like canoe still listens to the show or not. But that asshole needs to understand that the other tooth that I had that was like this, I let rot all the way through, and he couldn't fucking tolerate like me being a little snippy at Christmas like 3 years ago or whatever, fuck you it was the most agonizing pain of my life um yeah, that's true it was the most agonizing pain of my life uh, before I got this huge dental bill um anyway, bottom line is uh, many thanks to Master Splinter who was on deck to put out a statement you know, blah, in case the surgery went, you know, out of control, because and it did, it did actually go out of control, I mean, there's did, anyway, I I, I don't want to talk about it, my first visit to a dentist in 23 years um, highly dental phobic, etc, 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 don't get me started, so to the issue at hand This week, we have a lot of deals for you. But we're just going to breeze by them. And in fact, I'll do them before we do our feature. But I was thinking about what am I going to do for this week's show because I've still been balls deep in uh, Cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia. And I didn't want to do just another New Year's Eve deal show. And next week is always our stats show where I talk about all the games that we played throughout the year and then try to highlight some of the games that I felt were undercovered by us that I wanted to have covered more but slipped through the cracks one way or the other um, the other thing I was thinking of doing was a why we fight episode But who the fuck needs another fucking Linux evangelist, you know, pissing into their ear about why Linux is great and why it's going to, you know, rule the world and why the FOSS is great as a methodology, a way of life even, as a philosophy, a methodology. It's a scientific methodology. It's fucking computer science is what the FOSS is. And at this point, it's been proven especially by the miraculous COVID vaccine. Maxine? Maxine? No, vaccine! Vaccine! Vaccinate! Um, but like I said, who needs more of that on a show that's about Linux games? And then I started thinking about my favorite the, my only contribution to the uh, entire intellectual core of humanity going forward has been the one maxim that I've drilled into any younger person who's been getting into programming other than me it's used to happen a lot at the hack space um but it happens all the time like cause now everyone's a programmer which is great um more people understand my pain our pain I guess cause generally people listen to this show are programmers are coders in one way or another generally speaking um but the only original thing that I've ever like injected into numerous human brains that is of I think both profound and worth repeating endlessly is the number one thing that I know about coding and it's that coding isn't some, forget the syntax, forget everything else because forget the libraries, forget the language. There's one fundamental rule of coding. You find the boundaries of the problem if you do that first, you find the boundaries of the problem. You find out the hard parts of the problem. You figure out what you need to do and then where that is seemingly impossible. And if you you find those boundaries to a project, they outline the solution. And I started thinking about this because it was around... The uh, About six, I don't know. I've been doing stencils now for a long time. For about, not a long time, for like a year, year and a half ish. Um, and it's all kind of blossomed into this lunch stick thing. But, you know, I start out doing decals and shit. Um, and learning to design for negative space of a subject is what doing stencils and decals are one is for the negative space the other one's for the positive space and so I was thinking about that and why we fight and then it occurred to me that the Steam Awards are two days away and then it occurred to me then unto me it came a thought that by going through each category and telling you about what our picks are By the way, I've already fired. What our picks are, and why we could accomplish all of these goals, minus the why we fight, preachy bit, and do the biggest thing that I want to do with whatever next week's show was next week's show was, next week's show was cause I don't know if you noticed but the last fucking month have been just like disaster after disaster of episodes and the one thing that I really wanted to get into this week is nuts and bolts of the games and why they are better and the Steam Awards which you can vote in now you can just open up your Steam client and click on the Steam Awards banner, or click on the link in the, the blurb for this week's episode, you can vote! Um, and they have they broken it down into categories, and uh, I'm going to tell you what we voted for, and what they were up against, and why we voted for specific titles. And I'm going to try to get balls deep into the gameplay. And there's like eight categories, I think, so it's five games per category, um so it's 40 so if we start in the next 7 minutes and we keep it tight we should be able to get this done in a reasonable amount of time might be edited to much shorter whatever so first of all we're going to before we get to our our feature we're going to do the deals because uh right now the uh Steam winter sale is still going on uh, now through the fifth, all of these are our picks for well, just some of our picks for the Steam Winner Sale. Um, some of them we've, some of them I've played, some of them I have not played. Uh, most of them I've played. Okay, so here we go. Octopath Traveler, fifty percent off, twenty nine dollars ninety nine cents. Game has been out for a little while. It's a Japanese RPG style game that one of my uh, one of my Steam friends who's a coder, absolutely fucking loved, but the game's 60 bucks, it's 50% off now at $29.99 Steel Division 2, new friend of the show from last year, from this year from last year, from 2020 PLK455 or 458, I guess um, he might have changed his name jumping into Steel Division I have not yet, I have yet to play Steel Division 2 But it's sixty-six percent off, thirteen dollars and fifty-nine cents. This is a real-time strategy game that's historically accurate. Set in World War II, Um, the sequel. This game happens to be set on the Eastern Front, which brings about many interesting possibilities. Uh, Also on our our deals list is Sea of Thieves, which is fifty percent off at nineteen dollars and ninety-nine cents. That is one of the games that we will talk extensively about next week in our We Wish We Could Have Talked More About It during last year episode. Then, another game that is pretty much the same, but we'll talk more about this game, this episode, is Hades, H-A-D-E-S 20% off, $90.99 not the biggest discount but that is a hell of a roguelike made by the same people who made Bastion and Transistor and I've been playing that since it was in oh I want to say alpha cuz I've been playing that for a year and it came it finally saw a real release this year um an amazing game uh and then Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition which is 20% off at $39.99 um, one of the most breathtakingly beautiful games that I've played I've not gone to spend enough time with it why are people fucking torturing me right now um hang on let me get rid of all these people there we go um and as always thanks to everyone for you know another for and god damn it Jesus Christ okay sorry about that um so yeah, let's get straight to our feature on the Steam Awards. What we picked. Why we picked them. You should vote. You should vote. Um, and this is such a good exercise in pointing out the differences. Not just the differences, but just like why we picked this game. Unlike last week where we are just like, go buy it. Mm. I have already fired. based them with it. God damn it! Oh my god It's the Bolivia! Never gonna let you down I can read your mind This week's teacher. I can't read you I can't read you I can read your mind Take it, to The Lydians. Okay, so here are our Steam Awards Stuff Winners will be announced Okay, so according to uh, Steam um, these are based off of all the nominees from all of the users of the Steam client who bothered to pick nominees. And <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't pick nominees for every category, but a diversity, a, 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 a plurality of, uh, it's obvious this was community driven, as is every year, which is one of the reasons why I like it so much, I hope that they bring bigger attention to Steam, Linux Gaming, independent game developers, and how smaller titles in terms of like, you know, we're, all, we're not fucking Battlefield 5 or whatever, um, can find an audience now in an era where all games are delivered. Almost all games are delivered digitally, and there is no, you know, uh, actual product that that the end user buys in terms of physical media and stuff. How that has truncated and r- rapidly and drastically, explosively changed the face of what actually is possible um, to succeed with, both financially, critically, and pop and and reach a broad popular audience when you eliminate. The whole idea of having to have a supply chain, a distributor, and a uh, retail, you know, arrangement with the wholesaler, distributor, you know, publisher, developer relationship, which I just mixed up like three of those links in the chain, but those of you who are of a certain age will not even know what the fuck I'm talking about. So here we go. They broke them down by categories, so we'll start with our 2020 game of the year. Which happens to jive exactly with, um, last week's episode where we declared, but I we actually did not declare in a soundbite form, best Linux games podcast game of the year for the year 2020. What a miserable fucking year it was is Doom Eternal. So here were the nominees. Well, here are the nominees. You can still vote if, if you agree with me. If you don't agree with me, you can still vote. And I always vote in the, when I remember to, in the Steam Awards based on a Linux bias. You know, I don't I because, you know, we're I don't cover games for other I mean, Stadia runs Linux so that is Linux, but this is the Steam Awards so it has to run either via Proton and uh, Glorious agrol or or, or just natively via the Steam client, it has to be point and click easy, basically to have it run perfectly um, for me to vote for it so, here were the nominations for 2020 Game of the Year, was Red Dead Redemption 2 Hades which we mentioned earlier Doom Eternal Fall Guys and Death Stranding so let's start with the easy low-hanging fruit I have not played Death Stranding, which is Hideo Kojima's evidently... I mean, the word masterwork is thrown around so often now, it's ridiculous, but that's kind of a testament to the quality of games that we've been getting, more so than I think of... uh, uh, Well, it's just as much uh, laziness on the part of game journalists, and uh, the limited vocabulary and limited word limit and character length of, like, reviews and shit on Steam, but Death Stranding, I have not played. Hideo Kojima is supposed to be his best game. I highly doubt that, because uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, is obviously and will always, obviously be his finest accomplishment. But that eliminated Death Stranding from my, my list, immediately. One, because it didn't run on Linux for so long, and then, two, like, I hear that it runs on Linux, but it's... You know, it goes on sale every other week and I I really can't bring myself to care that hard yet because I've been so consumed with Cyberpunk 2077 which does not appear anywhere in this list. Then we had Fall Guys which is the massive uh, massive multiplayer it's 64 people I think um, dressed up like little cartoon, uh, pseudo-Japanese, uh, anthropomorphic, you know, toddlers in, like, little bear suits and little weird costumes as they compete, basically, in a massive obstacle course of multiple elimination challenges. Uh, you know, blah. This game master, Andy Wan, got obsessed with uh, earlier this year. This game runs great on Linux. I was not as wild about it after... Like I think I played like three or four hours of it. That, as other people have been, might be because I didn't, you know, really give it as big a chance as other people. I did find it very fun. It's very good for parties too. It's not like a a couch play party thing. It's more like a um, blockhead theater kind of. but Fall Guys, definitely not my game of the year Red Dead Redemption 2 not my game of the year because on Linux it was a bit of a pain in the ass to get running, although I did beat the single player campaign exclusively on Linux, I did also buy a Stadia license for it um, and that's where I play uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 online so, that's like half of one, six of one, half of a dozen of the other, but Red Dead Redemption 2 was one of the best um games to come out of Rockstar since Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and also since Grand Theft Auto 5 Online. Not Grand Theft Auto 5, but Grand Theft Auto 5 Online. It's a sweeping, you know, go back and we've reviewed it extensively. I think we we summed up uh, all the qualities of the gameplay in Red Dead Redemption 2 uh earlier er, in previous episodes but Hades was also on this list and this comes from the guys who made Bastion and uh Transistor to uh well Transistor is a uh, major favorite of mine and Hades I have played extensively Hades is an uh isometric third person Uh, roguelike role-playing game where you play uh, as the son of Hades uh, and you are trying to escape the underworld and it brings to this this idea of the roguelike actual storytelling and actual role-playing game elements that uh, correlate with aspects of Greek mythology um, that are so great, but with like a almost a Japanese RPG kind of sensibility um in terms of some of the cutscenes, some of the animated sequences and stuff the idea though, of course, is that you know, you're not gonna ever escape from hell, although people have escaped, it seems like uh, as I've been watching other people play it I've played a lot of Hours of Hades but not so many since it actually saw full release um, as a roguelike, it is phenomenal. You want to burn, you know, the next eight hours of your life, go get Hades. It is phenomenal. Uh, From the numbers of, from the numbers and different types and uh, structure of the unlocks, both in terms of weapons as well as in terms of permanent buffs, as well as stuff that is for specific characters, as well as stuff that is um, for specific Moments, if you happen to arrive at a certain room, um, having a certain item in certain rooms makes a big difference. Um, all the way through to the, v- to the weapons, which are somewhat limited at first. The techniques are also limited, but that's what makes the game so great. It actually turns roguelike dungeon crawling in like an action game sense into something that is more like action strategy it kind of reminds me a lot of Faster Than Life if Faster Than Life had been a beat-em-up that makes almost no sense but that is pretty much what Hades is like, it's a really different take on what can be done with the roguelike and the ways in which the player can be inspired to want to continue after having died, after having lost their run, and then finally on the list was Doom Eternal which is the game that we voted for in uh, the Steam Awards and also Best Linux Games Podcast Game of the Year 2020 Doom Eternal. Why? Okay, yes, it didn't run that great on Linux at first, and yes, I did return it and rebuy it over three times uh, post its release. And yes, I did beat the game three times via Stadia, but I am well on my way to beating it on uh, Nightmare on Linux, so like if you go and look at my playtime on Linux, it's it's not that much, but I've spent a lot of time with this game, it redefines the genre of the first person shooter of literally the um, geography based you know, go point to point style first person shooter, and how does it do that? Well, I will tell you And this is something that I think has lacked a lot from the show. This focus on the gameplay and graphics. I mean, well, the gameplay in particular. Um, Doom Eternal does something that no other first-person shooter has ever done. If you consider the genre of the first-person shooter, single-player first-person shooter, what is the biggest limitation to it, one it's limited replayability two, it's because ultimately you know, without mods and without a map maker you know, you're going to be doing the same things over and over again and there is great joy in breaking records your own personal and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera and stuff and also looking like a fucking boss, like once you can fucking really once you, you know, you got it nailed in Doom Eternal, you pretty much got it nailed. That's true, of, and it's true of every other first-person shooter. But, there's a big difference. and The big difference is this. All other single-player first-person shooters impose one severe, brutal limitation on the replayability. And on the, uh, on just how skillful what you do actually is. Because it limits the possibilities. That's why jump scare video games. Apart from the fact that they're scary, I hate them because once you know that there's a jump scare there, well then you store up some ammo before then, and you know ammo and health, and you prepare yourself for that jump scare big boss. You know, blah 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 blah. What is this limitation? The limitation is the geography. The limitation is not the opposition. It is the geography. Because it's the geography of a pre-planned map that is not procedurally generated that isn't entirely story-based. You know, like, I mean, there is a story to Doom Eternal, and that's one of my favorite aspects of the... one of my, you know, third favorite aspects of the game. Um, but really, it's the knowing the territory. You gotta know the territory! Knowing the territory in advance is what determines life and death in every other single player first person shooter from Doom 2 to Far Cry to Far Cry 5 although Far Cry 5 makes it very difficult by giving it an open world Um, and you know dynamic encounters so yeah Far Cry 5 isn't that great of an example but Far Cry 1 is an excellent example how does this limit you? Because the pickups are in the same locations, so if you need health, you know where the health is. If you've beaten and if you died and died and died and died and beaten and beaten and died and died and beaten and beaten and died and died and died and beaten and beaten and beaten and died and died and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten the same fucking level a thousand times, which is in most great games. The purpose it used to be the purpose of, of a game was to you know want to play it that much. That was the great success of Doom and of Doom 2 and of many other games like Far Cry. Mm. But what is it that you're learning and on diff- different difficulty levels, even you're learning all. Where the enemies that you have to fight are, what type of ammo you like, what guns you have, where the health pickups are, where the choke points are, where you will be in trouble, the enemies that you're good against, the enemies that you're bad against. But all of it, all of that bullshit is actually underlaid overneath, under, is, 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 is serves as an underlay. That serves as a map. The real map is the geography. Because that's where the health pickups are. That's where the ammo is. And anyone who's ever played hardcore first-person shooters, like many of our listeners have, and such as myself, um, you know that it is a matter of life and death as to you know, sure, you can be really great at the game, but your actions in your perfect runs on a level on a static level are predicated on two things where's the health where's the ammo your performance might be godlike but that is still not your own performance because you are limited by these constraints Doom Eternal breaks that Doom Eternal gives you a system of weapons each of which does not matter what type of enemy you're fighting, although in order to kill the enemy different weapons are better than others, but you know, blah 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 blah, you can get from any, almost any enemy anything that you need by killing them with a different weapon this completely changes what you can do with a first person shooter um, so like if you need health, if you like if you need armor, you flamethrower them. If you need health, you know you you, you can use your melee attack. If you, you if you need ammo, use your chainsaw. Instantly kills them. Yes, the chainsaw slowly recharges and gives you a lot of ammo. So if you if you need ammo, you, you it lets you actually pick dynamically in like a fucking bad. Ass. Like, it, it, it's unbelievable. You know, I'm going to spend the most time talking about Doom Eternal because I spent no time talking about it last week. Instead of being limited by the geography anymore, you're now limited almost by nothing. And when you are the Doom guy and the, you're no longer the Space Marine, you are the Doom guy, the Eternal Slayer. it's, it makes the game like this insane endlessly replayable rowdy chessboard of instantaneously you know, deciding you make hundreds of decisions in this game all the time, like as you're like, yeah, I would say like you probably make five decisions every second in this game, I'm not kidding but they're of your own behavior so it's like, oh, there's a bunch of these type of guys. I need a lot of health. Okay, well, I'm gonna save up my, you know, and then I'm then I'm going to fucking blood punch them and shit. Or I'm gonna flamethrower all these guys, get a bunch of ammo, and then I'm gonna upgrade my character to really focus on armor. You know what I mean? Or or I'm a like me, this is kind of how I play. I wanna blast through them with like the best shit that I have that isn't a super weapon. Like, I want to be able to kill everyone with a super shotgun. In other games, it, once you found a favorite weapon, there's never enough fucking ammo for that weapon. Or that weapon is not deadly enough. This game, all the weapons will get you through. Ultimately. But you will never be out of ammo for anything. You will never be out of health until you run out of enemies because there are certain sequences that where that happens, which is a flaw in the game, but whatever. They re-envisioned the first-person shooter. The single-player first-person shooter. And just for that, after inventing it, after inventing the genre, to reinvent it, I don't know if it's too late, because like now we're all into stuff like Cyberpunk 2077, which is very much a first-person shooter if you want it to be. Um... But even that game does not have the simple elegance of this system where any, any, almost any enemy you fight, you can get what you need from them by killing them in a specific way. You have flamethrower, you have your melee, you have, um, and then you have multiple types of flamethrowers. Uh, you got your, uh, your main weapon. Um, you have blood punch, you have, uh, you know, each one gives you more of a resource. So all of a sudden the game becomes less like a uh the game it it inner it liberates you completely from having to think about the map and solely thinking about the upcoming opposition, which is fantastic, it's phenomenal, and it makes the game endlessly replayable. I have not beaten a game this year. I don't think this year that I've beaten more times than Doom Eternal. And each time, I want, it makes you want to play the next difficulty level. And the persistent stuff that you unlock is great, too. Um, (coughs) And the story is fantastic. Once you get about halfway through the game, the story starts to make sense and you begin to understand what they're trying to do. And then by the end, they land it and it is so satisfying. It's nowhere near as good as uh, some of the other games that uh, it it is farmed out and rebooted uh, via other developers like the magnificent literally heartbreaking literally heartbreaking work of staggering genius that is Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. But that's not what this game is about and it has a multiplayer mode which i've played um both in steam and on stadia um that is equally innovative but by virtue of its innov- its its sheer level of innovation i think will will probably wither and die that's what they included in favor of snapmap um a new iteration of snapmap which sucks cuz snapmap in the last doom uh in the in the first doom reboot was magnificent one of the best easiest to use level editors i've ever seen made available to your av- average consumer average game player almost anyway but that's a, that's not a, available anymore instead what the multiplayer forces you to do is you, one of you is the slayer um the rest of you are demons, but you are multiple demons. And your attacks against the Slayer, while they do actual physical damage and stuff, you really want to counter what the Slayer is trying to do. If all of you, if all, if the Slayer kills all of the demons and they're all dead at the same time, the round ends. It, it the round ends, not the match. The round ends. The match is like seven rounds long if it goes to a tie. If it goes to full distance I think it's like seven rounds long. I can't remember. It's very innovative. It's extremely fun to play. I don't know how easy it is to get a game on it anymore but because I was playing this like in I want to say June something like that. But anyway Doom Eternal. There is no other game that like redefines such a core thing like what is a first person shooter and that is why our vote we pledge our delegates for the steam game awards game of the year for 2020 to doom eternal Uh, there you go and yeah cool we talked a lot about the cool we abstain from VR game of the year uh this year cuz it's the next category that's on the um Steam Awards but i would have leaned it could be, first of all the the nominees were half-life alex a game that i thought was absolute nasty trash really unbelievably buggy nasty trash and once it wasn't buggy it was just nasty trash i did not like that game at all splinda seems to really like that game but uh, he just got an index so it's hard to judge and we haven't really talked about it phasmophobia which has the minor problem of not being able to beat the of not being able to kill the ghost unless you're running Windows because it uses uh, corona or Karana or Garana or whatever the fuck, Cortana whatever the fuck her name is from Microsoft Speech Recognition so that's kind of a buzzkill. Other nominee was Star Wars Squadrons does not run on Linux due to a simple breaking via EAC. Amazing! Mm. And then there was the Room VR Dark Matter, which I've not played. And then Thief Simulator VR, which I have played. I've played about two hours of it, but not in a long time, and not since it got released. I was playing the beta of it, So I abstain from that. I would vote for Thief Simulator VR, because that game is really cool. Fortunately, it does involve a lot of crouching, so if you have bad knees, be sure to set your play space to where you are shorter than where you are. So like, if you're just sitting in a chair, or standing up, actually that's what I mean. If you're standing up, you should probably set it to about where you are when you're sitting in a chair in front of a monitor. Because you spent a lot of time crouching that game. At least you did in the beta. So up next is 2020's Labor of Love. There are a lot of old games in this fucking category this year which surprised the shit out of me and it does not seem consistent. I'll tell you what I voted for first, which is No Man's Sky. Because three years on, these motherfuckers are still rolling out Endless amounts of content to redeem the reputation of what is one of the most extraordinary games that has ever been made and that you will play this year or any year. Um, Procedurally generated worlds. I've been to the center of the... Ga- Anyone wants to talk to me about how I haven't played No Man's Sky this year? Well, get fucked. I've been to the center of the galaxy three times. The third time took me nine goddamn months! It is a... Fu- ah, it's an amazing game. It is, a testament. it is a testament. It's unfortunate that they don't put it on permanent super hardcore sales so that enough people can play it so it will earn its place in gaming history that it rightly deserves. Okay, also on these... That, so that's where our vote went. They're voting... Okay, other nominees included Counter-Strike, Global Offensive. Wow, that's yeah, no, I'm never voting for that. Not if it's a labor of love because they ruined their own fucking game with Global Offensive. And they blanked everyone's stats. And they blanked mine twice. Um, uh, other nominees were Among Us, which I don't know if that's a labor of love game so much as it is the most successful. Come in under price point and go for a group game that has such a good premise. That's the game where uh, there are five people on a spaceship. All of them are real people represented by little cartoon, top down, um, you know, sprites in this, you know, cartoony spaceship. You have to do your work, but one of them has been tasked to be the saboteur. And so the other four have to figure out who the saboteur is and space them. This includes... It's like Clue, but in a free form kind of Clue. This includes team meetings where you guys argue about, well, you were fucking... Up. The Saboteur is also intentionally degrading the work, and also intentionally offing, as often as possible, other members of the crew. It's a brilliant idea. I've played it twice. Um... I don't know why it's Labor of Love other than it carries with it a lower price tag than almost any other game on this list. Then there's Terraria which is fucking ancient. All is dirt. Why, my, why not put Minecraft on there for Labor of Love? I don't understand. I'm not voting for Terraria. And then The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt which, like, as a Labor of Love, that's a AAA title. So, like, how is that a Labor of Love? Uh, you know, what? labor of love should be independent games. Like, Counter-Strike Global Offensive should not be on there. Terraria shouldn't be on there because it, you know, even No Man's Sky, but No Man's Sky is still just recent enough for me to swallow hard. It should be from a non-AAA developer, publisher, should have had no money behind it, should have, str- not necessarily should have struggled, but you know, it should be an independent game and one that is not fucking nine years old. Terraria came out 2011. (laughs) So, Among Us, which is not that great of a, and it should also be a technical achievement. You know, so, bam, No Man's Sky, that's my vote, not Among Us. And Counter-Strike, they ruined their labor of love with Global Offensive and blanking the stats, so now it gets easier. We'll, we'll, we'll be out of here in under an hour. Famous last words. AI war. You're fired. 2020. The games that are better with friends. Here were the nominees. Risk of Rain Two, a fucking three dimensional multiplayer representation of basically the same gameplay, procedurally generated gameplay elements from Risk of the original Risk of Rain, but all the charm and enjoyment for me was completely removed. I did not like Risk of Rain 2. It's why we have not covered it that much on the show, but we have covered it, and I have played it. Um... Did not like Risk of Rain 2 at all. In fact, it's one of the few sequels where I felt the uh, progenitor of it was better. The original Risk of Rain was one of the most difficult roguelikes ever made. It was a side-scrolling space platformer uh, Pixel Trash style space platformer, small scale where you fight just unbelievable shit it was one of the hardest games that I've beaten since I started doing this podcast up next, Deep Rock Galactic, which is like a multiplayer, uh, Multiplayer scenario based, first person shooter, uh, high resolution, dwarves in space kind of, um uh, RPG craft them up, but it's episodic, so like, you know, it's mission based. Um, I, 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 I it's one of the, one of, it's one of the games that I've gifted the most to other people who I've seen them play it the most after they play it, but it's one of the games that I've just never had enough time or energy to really get into. I do own a license for it, but I, I you know, I really don't have enough play time to, to say that Deep Rock Galactic would be my better with friends, and knowing the multiplayer in it I don't know if it's better with Friends. Kind of the same thing with Risk of Rain 2. Because Risk of Rain was single player and was a better game than Risk of Rain 2. So I don't know how that makes it better with Friends. Up next, Borderlands 3. Not my pick for fucking better with Friends. I mean, sure, it's pretty, but there are other games that are pretty that you can play with your friends. Sea of Thieves. I I wanted to pick, but I still... It's only been playable on Linux now for like four or five months, tops. And I have not had the time to play it because the the tutorial, it wouldn't let me go back to the tutorial. I will play it again. It's one of the reasons why you know, in a sort of decompensational way it's one of our deal picks for this week's Sea of Thieves, 50% off $19.99. I picked Fall Guys because I haven't seen a game that has garnered such universal, you know, near universal appeal and uh, playtime as Fall Guys. I know Master Andy Wan was addicted to it. I know numerous people who are completely fucking... Master Andy Wan probably has, no, I hope he doesn't mind me outing him, probably has like 40 hours logged into this game by the sixth day after its release. I didn't find it that charming, but if you want to talk about a what I think of Better With Friends, I think BattleBlock Theater, I think Guns of Icarus, you know, blah, and if not Guns of Icarus, then I think BattleBlock Theater and Fall Guys is about as close to BattleBlock Theater as we've seen in 2020. Most innovative gameplay! Alright, Death Stranding, once again, eliminated for pre- reasons previously previously listed. Noita! a game that we featured extensively uh, the first week that it came out in beta but it was it's a big buggy fucking crazy procedurally generated mess then there's Superliminal fucking VR game for people who can't play VR who never played fucking um it's like a big fucking nasty escape room is what Superliminal looks like, and I have not played it at all. Finally, Teardown, a game about demolition which I has been on my list, Uh, but it looks just basically like the inverse of Minecraft where you're tearing down static structures. Finally, our pick, one of, I only probably spent like 10 hours in this game, but I had to pick one of them you know cuz I'll only abstain if I really can't bring myself to pick any of them. Basically by virtue of not having played them enough at all or whatever. But this game was great. Control, a game I've not beaten. Control Ultimate Edition is our pick for most innovative gameplay. Use telekinesis again, use guns again, and we can do it together. Um it's a single player game, of course. This was the hardest category. 2020's Outstanding Story Rich Game. This is like a Sophie's Choice five-way gangbang of unbelievable pain. First off, Red Dead Redemption 2. One of the... It's not that great a story, but it is so immersive and so period-accurate and has such a... Great and long detail. It's intricate and, and you've, you become one with your character in the single player of Red Dead Redemption 2. But it was crashy. The story itself wasn't that great. Lots of people. I mean, it's not that great a story. It's a story that's, that's really good to experience, but it's not that great a story. And the ending of it is, is not that great. I mean, it's not a disappointing ending. You will, you will have profound catharsis, but I think you will be distracted by that. But I think that many people have been distracted by that profound catharsis. Um, and have, you know, failed to take into account the fact that the game goes on for another fucking 15 more hours after that. And it's not that great. And all the steps leading up to the first ending are not that great or innovative or brilliant and there is no sense of free will, blah 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 um, next, so that eliminated, eliminated Red Dead Redemption 2 in the present company, I could pick any one of these games and you should pick and play any one of these games, you will have an unbelievable life changing experience, the type of which that make me proud to be a fucking video game critic for all of these goddamn years into my 40s, this These games represent in in a lot of ways some of the best of what can be done with the medium of the video game, which is not a static medium. It involves interaction. So I want to be able to feel like I'm part of... I want to care about the character. I want to care about the situation. I want to be able to understand and 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 make decisions by my actions. Um, that leads us, to, and all of these games, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption Two. It's Rockstar, so it's going to be formulaic. And I'm never going to give them. I'm just never. I, I, they would have to blow my mind the same way Hideo Kojima did uh, with uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. They would have to blow my mind on that level for me to ever give them any award that has the word story rich in it. Um, Next is Detroit Become Human. A game that I cannot play because it makes me cry so quickly. I've only gone like four hours into the game. I've not beaten all the scenarios. Um, I I really want to go back to it, but it makes me... It is so breathtaking that it's it's like a weight that sits on you. It is one that should be our pick for outstanding story-rich game. But there is another game on this list that I've played more of that edged that one out. Detroit Become Human, by the way, is basically all about choices. It's kind of a choose your own adventure style kind of thing, but with the the graphics and the the voice acting and the shape masking and the focus on the story of what does it mean to be human as you play through these series of experiences from various different, um, artificially intelligent humanoid robots. It's like Blade Runner in inverse and it's, and you see humans. For what they are and humans see you increasingly less and less as being any, it's great. And every form of prejudice comes in into play and all sorts of ontological questions are raised by it. It is a deep, profound, amazing. It, 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 it's, it, it, it should be my pick, but there's one game that I have more experience with that I chose on top of it. Up uh, Next is Mafia Definitive Edition a game which I very you know I, we featured um uh, around 2 weeks after its release they're doing a whole new definitive editions of all of the mafia games which is great these are um this is basically Grand Theft Auto in you know 1920s 1930s and beyond Uh, but they are story driven they're very story driven so they're highly cinematic highly stylized Um, it's not so much just go and jack whatever the fuck you want it's more like you know you work for the capo you work for the boss and you do the jobs that are farmed out to you and stuff Um, I really like this game I haven't beaten it I have like maybe five hours in it so I couldn't pick that one same reason I couldn't pick this next one, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition, which came out August 7th, 2020, but it's an older game, I think when this, when I finally got this game to run on Linux, which is like fuck, six weeks ago it took my breath away took my breath away I played it for, I want to say three or four hours and other things have come up since then, so, you know, it got shuffled to the side, but just visually, it took my breath away. And then it stopped everything cold by hitting me with, like, a sudden, hard stealth mission right at the, like, I guess, the end of the tutorial. But there's, like, 15 expositions. The tutorial is, like, big and long, and you don't even know it's a tutorial, because you're so interested. In a future where the... where. Humans hunt with like cybernetic, robotic powers. They commingle with giant dinosaur-sized robots and living biological creatures in this crazy tribal system. It, it, it's it's an amazing game. It's an amazing game. I wish I had gone to play more of it. But our pick for outstanding story-rich game. Metro Exodus and I can't tell you why other than the stunning realism for being a first person shooter all of the little details of the technology from every which by the way, The World's Ended uh, has the best introduction of any fucking game maybe I've ever played since Fallout 2. Fallout 2 and Metro Exodus are like they're up there in my brain like they're tied, they're fist fighting you know, in hell like uh, Tonto and Lone Ranger um Metro Exodus and then it has this fantastic opening after the attract mode um, introduction and then the, the story just involves you from the very beginning and every aspect of the technology in the game from, you know, your guns your pneumatic weapons which are fucking firing, uh, you know ball bearings you know, ball bearing assault rifle pneumatic assault rifle, you gotta pump it up baby, you gotta upgrade that shit with components, gotta figure out What's the maximum pumpage? Uh, shit like that all the way through to you know, your mask breaking and you needing to repair your mask. Um, All the way through to your map board, which if you flip it over, has been uh, all the way through to like, what's on your wrist, your little wrist thing. The world's ended, it's like not that far distant future and you guys come out of the tunnels in Moscow and you explore the world and holy shit do you explore the world Um, friend of the show Jeff Jeffy Wise beat this game I probably logged less than 18 hours in it Um, Metro Exodus was my pick fuck, what do you do? Weapon customizations in this game? Just the fucking third hands thing that you set your weapon on is something I want to build in real life for a lot of other things. Alright, so now, 2020, best game you suck at. All five of these I either hate, do not run on Linux, or I have not played enough time on, including recent entry FIFA 21 EA Sports FIFA 21, which is soccer, and it came out October 8th, 2020, I didn't even know that it was on Steam yet and GGFO now bragging about their co-op matchmaking, which they banned me from their fucking discussion thread for suggesting when I was a supporter of the game before I returned it, and I tried to return it and they wouldn't give me a fucking refund so fuck Get the Fuck Out I don't give a fuck about Get the Fuck Out Ghost Runner which came out October 27th 2020 um and we featured on the show but I've not had a chance to play it because I'm it's still I was still in the beta version and the demo actually Crusader Kings 3 I know everyone loves this franchise I haven't played it I remember I asked someone in the Discord uh oh is that the game where you can become like a A satanic fucking anti-papal fucking fifth generation demon worshiper who like controls his people with his demonic half-bred incestuous son um from like your fifth you know you keep offering up your wives you know like yeah i'm like oh man that game looks fucking insanely complicated for me and then apex legends which is a used to be a free game but now it doesn't run on Linux because of EAC. No EAC game is going to fucking earn this award. So I abstain from that entire category. Finally, the last one. I'm last two and we'll make these fast. Uh, first one's easy. Outstanding visual style nominees were Black Mesa Definitive Edition. No fuck you. Am I going to ever allow Valve? to convince me to trust them again with a Half-Life game ever again, even though Black Mesa is, like, not a value- it doesn't matter, it's the same material I don't give a fuck I do not- I have zero fucks left to give i fucking played every goddamn aspect of Black Mesa I, 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 hundreds of times before it's like trying to sell me on uh, nominating Counter-Strike Go for anything. Up um, next, a game that I couldn't play, uh, Marvel's Avengers. Um, Didn't run on Linux. Then there's a weird one. It's a Game Jam from 2015. There is no game. Jam Edition 2015, released March 18, 2020. So it looks like a side-scrolling. I never played it, never heard of it. So, blah. Battlefield 5. I did play Battlefield 5, this was early on this was like the week that EA inked a deal with Valve to suspend hostilities between their two uh, storefront clients Um, and so the performance was never that great for me I did get it tuned eventually to where it was pretty it was was beyond just like acceptably playable but involved a lot of hacking um and a lot of EA bullshit. Never got to try the multiplayer. The graphics were phenomenal, but whatever. A better game on out of these nominees is the one that we voted for, which is Ori and the Will of the Wisps, released, Mar- released March tenth, twenty twenty, aka Ori Two, a side-scrolling platformer that. The pathos of, I mean, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting chills just thinking about Ori and the Will of the Wisp of thinking of someone who has never seen or played a game like this. Cause if you haven't played it, you've not seen or played a game this beautiful. I will promise you that. If you like side scrolling platformers at all, I heartily urge you to, to vote to, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't played it, buy it and play it. But if you have played it, I, out of these, out of these five, I'd say that is the most outstanding visual style. Not since the secret of Nim, the movie, as a little kid, have I, have I seen an enemy that I have so much, um, sympathy for and so much fear of? <laughs> and the environment are just, just, I I don't know how many people worked on this game, but I do know it took them like four years, but it has to have been hundreds of people. Each Each area, and these are not static backgrounds, each area has like fucking seven different layers of foreground. Not that you can navigate through them, but like there's all, it's just unbelievable, and right now, especially when people are kind of looking for reasons to live, a lot of my friends are, <laughs> including myself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and um, the Will of Wisps, you can't do any better. And it's age friendly. It will traumatize much, much younger kids, though, I think, in a good way, the same way that we were traumatized uh as much, much younger kids uh through experiences of popular culture and media like Secret of Nim, Neverending Story, Black Cauldron, etc. But now you get to play this fucking beautiful creature that's capable of fighting the first boss encounter of this game. Unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life. I bought like five copies of it and gifted it to like five different people immediately after I played that first boss encounter. And then finally, I think the poorest Title for a category, 2020 Sit Back and Relax, bills itself as This Game is the antidote to a busy day. Who's had a busy day lately? Other than fucking trying to figure out the logistics of how to get whatever they need from a grocery store, if you have. Anyway, where are my masks? You know, fuck, I can't buy 91% isopropyl alcohol. Uh, be, which I need for airbrushing because fucking it's, no, it's not, you know. That's Ben, this guy, that's that's, that's, that's find this year. Am I am I going to be evicted? You know, how do I, you know, I don't know what fucking parallel universe the Steam Awards are living in for this. Oh, do I have to worry about my kids going back? Do I have to worry about, yes, you do. Yes, you do. No, <laughs> you know, you know. So it's, it's, it's a smooth, so they bill it as it's smooth, it's relaxing, it lets your worries melt away. This game is your moment of zen, which is the only reason I did not abstain from it. So first nominee was Sims 4, a franchise that I hate, but I do own a license for because I want to support EA supporting Valve, and I got it at like $5 I anything. Microsoft Flight Simulator, which evidently runs on Linux now, which is hilarious. Um, Satisfactory which does run on Linux it's a first person version of the game that I picked and then Untitled Goose Game which is like a mindless divertment it's like you know Master Andy Wan and I played it for a little bit but and it was super fun and I played it for about three more hours in single player Um, but it's not any sort of game of the year material except for the most lightest it's like you know it's the lightest least substantial and then at the bottom of this list is ridiculous and this game is not like on the game of the year list but whatever factorio if you like sim city but thought that sim city which definitely runs out of steam or city skylines definitely you run out of geography you run out of things to do once city once you get a city that's like fucking Humongous megalopolis uh, going on on uh, City Skylines. You know, it's great. I and mean, City Skylines is one of my favorite games of all time. There's nothing like Factorio. Factorio is about endless optimization of mechanical processes to produce certain outcomes in a supply chain that you invent yourself while defending um, yourself in a top down environment that looks just like the old school. Um, SimCity, but with great graphics, unbelievable amounts of time went into developing this game. Unbelievable amounts of your life can be devoted exclusively to figuring out new ways to optimize I need, okay, so what do I need? And it does it in this elegant way that melts away, like we're not talking about like one or five hours of your life it will melt away eighteen hours of your life. Like, you will not show up to work. So if we picked Factorio. Uh, I mean, just, just, just cause the the category we're skipping is best soundtrack. But there you go, an hour and eleven minutes. You got a whole bunch of deals, which were, by the way, Octopath Traveler, Steel Division Two, Sea of Thieves, Hades, Horizon Zero Dawn. And a lot of those were picked not necessarily because of the super deal factor, although three of them are over fifty percent off, or fifty percent off over or more. Those sales end January fifth. Your last chance to vote in the Steam Awards is, I think, tomorrow. Because the third is the actual awards. Hopefully, we'll be able to fucking watch them. Like I wish they made would make a bigger deal. Out of the Steam Awards. Um, so those are our picks. And why? Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, man. 20 million people infected with COVID in the United States as of this morning. Stay safe, stay sane. We fucking let's all make it to this time next year. All right. I will see you next week, hopefully. Cheers. Thanks for listening. And thanks to everyone for. During the dark, I mean, doing this show every week is like at once the hardest thing throughout the pandemic. And it's also the easiest thing because I've been in straight quarantine since February. There are three people I have seen in, apart from the people at the dentist's office over the last 12 months. They've been my mom and someone either selling me whiskey or cigarettes because there's are the two things I can't order in on, in for, and um, the reason for that is, well, one, I got COVID very early on, and then two, I got it around Thanksgiving a second time. I, yeah, it's true, um, but mainly just to protect my mom, because I, 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 you know, she's got nobody else, and you know, going over there every Monday is, like, basically in a mask. We sit there in our mask, and we, we watch a movie, um, and she's, you know, she's, like, 75 now, and she's got COPD, and she's not as felt as she used to be. I love her, and if I were to kill my mom, I would die. Especially after all of this that we've been through. Um, And I know that all that she's gone through, she does not have other visitors. So, doing the show has been at once the hardest thing. It's hard to bring the toy aisle out in the middle of just constant pointless fucking death and insanity, political upheaval, and um, the profound anger at at seeing all of these things that that should not be happening the way they are etc, etc, etc um, you know, from Black Lives Matter stuff you know, like, Jesus Christ, how many fucking times is is gonna take I just heard yesterday that the fucking asshole who killed Tamir Rice is not gonna and I was like days after fucking Breonna Taylor. Not nothing going to be done about that. They got fired at least. But anyway, so through the dark times, it's hard to do the show. Uh, you know, I've not had the most personally successful year of my life either. So if you been, if you stuck with me, and through the broken website and everything, which has drastically reduced our listenership, we're going to try to bring it back, baby, every week come hell or high water, teeth or no teeth and I have you to thank for it and uh, yeah, jump on the Discord if you don't, if you got something to say you can say it to me or hit me up on the DM on Twitter at VegasRider, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R now, go to Etsy and buy some of our lunchsticks (laughs) cheers, happy and a healthy new year to everybody, everywhere but especially to Linux users and doubly especially so for fans of this show many thanks happy new year four or five times a good idea four or five times hi there there is delight in doing things right four or five times it is I, E.B. Farman maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh. The four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy, yaddy. The oh, four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Have we not come some fur piece since then? <laughs> there is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farmer. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman.